Thanks for joining us at the Montrose Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at montrosechurch.org. Have a great day. Well, we're continuing to uh, talk together and think about this uh, series, Tune In, and what that means and what that looks like. And so the question this morning is the same one we've been asking the last few weeks, uh, to what are you attuned? What are you hearing? What's going on in your head, in your heart, in your life, in your home, in your family? What messages are getting through? Uh, We're bombarded. We're overwhelmed. There's so much coming at us. And uh, and so as we think about that, to, to just stop for a moment and say, what is it that I'm hearing? What is the universe speaking to me? What does my brain tell me? What do my emotions tell me? What's happening inside of me? What's the thing that really is the soundtrack that plays in my brain? What are the voices that I hear? Because it matters what we're listening to. It matters uh, what we're tuned to. And so we're thinking about that together, and we're specifically thinking today about what it means for you to hear this. You are challenged. You are challenged. And I have been thinking about how this all fits together and what it means for us to be sort of navigating uncharted waters. Uh, We're doing that right now, right this minute, as we figure out how to do church, uh, live streaming, and all of that uh, as our primary means of being together as a church family. That's, That's uncharted territory. We we don't know how to do that. We're figuring it out as we go. And I'm guessing going to the grocery store is a new adventure. It's, it's not the same old thing that we've always done before. It has new challenges with it. Trying to maintain your home. Some of you are doing homeschooling, and, and that's got all kinds of challenges. Parents are exhausted. There's all kinds of things that are uncharted. We, we don't know exactly how to do them. And how do you cope? What do you do when life is throwing these challenges at you? I love James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, they should ask God who gives generously without finding fault, and he will give it. And so I think we're gathering today to say we need wisdom. Teach us. Show us how to navigate these challenges. And I don't know. It seems like everything is full of challenges. Life is full of challenges. It's a challenge to grow up. It's a challenge to grow older. It's a challenge to get an education. It's a challenge to maintain your finances. It's a challenge to try to stay in shape and be fit. All of those things are challenges. And and really, if you think about it, there's not very much in life that doesn't present its own set of challenges. But here's the thing about that. Everything worthwhile is challenging. There's really nothing we can attempt that has great value that doesn't also have and require great commitment and take great challenge for us. So I don't know about you, but I I like to think about this, uh, and I like to laugh a little at our own inconsistencies. I don't know whose quote this is, but uh, I liked it, and I don't know who to attribute it to. You can attribute it to whoever you like. I exercised once, but I found out I was allergic to it. My skin got flushed, and my heart raced, and I got sweaty and short of breath. It's very dangerous. And I think we... We understand when we accept challenges. We, when the challenge comes, we try to soften the blow. I, I ran across this, and I really like it. I guess I prefer Subway because they make me feel like I'm making the healthy decision when I order a loaf of bread with 18 meatballs on it. 
We like challenges, but we like to feel good about our challenges. We like to soften the blow a little bit. Maybe you've heard this story. A woman goes with her husband to the doctor's office, and, and they go and they check in, and, and the doctor examines the husband, and then he pulls the wife aside and says, listen, uh, your husband's completely stressed out. He's got a lot of stuff going on, and, and he's really a candidate for a heart attack or a stroke. So here's what I, I, I want to recommend. This is what I'm prescribing. In the morning, I want you to get up early and make him a really healthy breakfast, and I want you to feed him well and then send him off to work. And uh, I want to be sure that you send him off in a good mood. I want him to be pleasant. And, and, uh, and, then, and then I want you to prepare him a lunch and take it to him and uh, make sure it's a healthy, tasty, nutritious lunch and, and, and take care of that. Bring it to him warm and deliver it to his office. And, and, and it's really important that there's pleasant. It's really important that you're kind and thoughtful and and then at dinner, be sure that the house is picked up and everything's clean and it's peaceful and, and a great meal. And, and in the evening then, if you just rub his shoulders and, and bring him something to drink, whatever it is that he needs. And, and I think if you can do this for just a few months, uh, this crisis will pass and he's, he's going to be okay. On the way home, they're driving along and the husband turns to the wife and I say, says, I, I noticed that the, the doctor was talking kind of seriously to you on the side. What did he say? And he say, she said, I'm sorry, honey, to tell you, you're not going to make it. And I think that's, uh, I think for a lot of us, when the challenge is presented to us, that's sort of how we look at it. When, when we say, here's the solution, here's a way to go forward, here's a way to meet the challenge, I think a lot of us just kind of look at it and go, well, guess I'm not going to make it. Guess it's not going to work out quite that way. Because sometimes the challenge is just so difficult for us. Vince Lombardi said these words, football is a great deal like life in that it teaches that work, sacrifice, perseverance, competitive drive, selflessness and respect for authority is the price that each and every one of us must pay to achieve any goal that is worthwhile. These are challenging times. There's a lot going on around us. We're being invited to persevere. We're being invited to sacrifice. We're in being invited to be selfless in this process. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow said, Perseverance is a great element of success. If you only lock, knock long enough and loud enough at the gate, you, you are sure to wake up somebody. And when I hear those words, I think about the words of Jesus, knock and it will be open, seek and you will find. And, and I think, you know, for you and I, we're in the middle of challenges. And so I've been asking myself, what is it that we need to do to meet the challenges? And uh, I think we need to learn. I think we need wisdom. I think we need to understand what our life is about and, and, and where we're called. And T.H. White, in his book, The Once and Future King, writes these words. The best thing for being sad, replied Merlin, beginning to puff and blow, is to learn something. That's the only thing that never fails. You may grow old and trembling in your anatomies. You may lie awake at night listening to the disorder of your veins. You may miss your only love. You may see the world about you devastated by evil lunatics or know your honor trampled in the sewers of baser minds. There's only one thing for it then, to learn. Learn why the world wags and what wags it. 
That's the only thing which the mind can never exhaust, never alienate, never be tortured by, never fear or distrust, and never dream of regretting. Learning is the only thing for you. Look what a lot of things there are to learn. And I think this morning as we gather together, those words kind of ring in our ears. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously without finding fault. And that's really why we gather today. We're asking in the face of the challenges to give us wisdom to help us to learn something that will allow us to meet the challenges that are in front of us. Jesus kept it pretty simple. How do we meet the challenges of life? Jesus said, follow me. That was evident in the very beginning. Matthew 4, 19, come follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. Luke 5, 27. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said. He made it really simple to understand. He, he, he didn't involve a lot of complexities. If you want to get through the challenges of life, if you want to do something that's worthwhile, if you want to get to where you're going, if you want to cancel out all the noise and complication, follow me. Do what I do. Say what I say. Walk where I walk. Love like I love. Act like I act. Have the attitude that I have. Display the spirit in me. Follow me. The longer Jesus lives and walks and teaches, the call becomes deeper, it becomes richer, and it becomes, of course, more challenging. Matthew 16, 24, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world that forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? It starts to seem like that the wisdom of the Word is simply this. If you're in challenging times and there's challenging things going on and you don't know what to do, follow me. It's what Jesus sums up when He says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these other things will be added as well. Paul has such a deep understanding of this truth that he mimics and mirrors the whole idea. 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, follow my example as I follow the example of God. We follow Jesus, we follow God, we follow the Father, and then we allow people to follow us as we follow God and so on and so forth. It's simple, but it's challenging. It's not easy. And so as we think this morning then, about the challenges in front of us, it seems to me that we can meet the challenges we're facing as we meet the challenges that God has given us. Paul, in writing in Ephesians chapter 5, is, is breaking down the idea of these challenges. And then, to be honest, they, they're the kind of challenges that make us squirm a little because he gets to all of us as he talks about what it means and the simplicity Listen to what he writes, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. 
For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore do not be partners with them, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That's why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there's this huge challenge that Paul now gives to the church at Ephesus. Remember, he's not writing this letter in reaction to something. He's simply saying, let me hold out what the challenge is. And so when I read these words, I, I, I see five distinct areas of challenge. And, and this is the thing. As we face this very practical reality that we are living in unprecedented days, uncharted waters. And all of us are doing the same thing. We're trying to figure it out. I mean, you know, there's just only so many episodes of Tiger King to distract us. And so we're, we're working together to figure out how do we do this. And what if it's this simple? What if it, as we meet the challenge of what it means to be followers of Jesus Christ, that in doing that simple thing, simply following Christ, we, we end up meeting the challenges of these unprecedented and uncharted days? It seems to me... But that's what the scripture is talking about when it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So I see five things. Number one, imitate God. So Jesus was imitating God when he sacrificed on our behalf, and we are to imitate God as well. We're to share love and grace. In fact, stronger than that, we're to be the source of love and grace and sacrifice for the benefit of others. I just want to stop and let that sink in for a minute. We're to be the source. We're about a week and a half into this process of uh, quarantine, safe at home, uh, sheltered in place, whatever you want to call it. And this is about the time that nerves start to fray and we, we start to find out all the little things about the folks that we live with. And uh, maybe it's easy to forget. We are to be the source of love and grace and sacrifice for the good of others. We're told that we're to be holy as God is holy. Now listen, this challenge has nothing to do with our ability to fulfill the challenge. It has to do with our understanding that this is our goal. And this is the challenge set before us. I mean, Paul, as he opens up, says right out front, follow God's example, follow God's example, follow God's example. Have this attitude just like Christ who sacrificed everything. We're to follow this example. And I think that's so important for this reason. We're not trying to be the nicest person in our home. We're not trying to be the best Christian on our block. We're not trying to be the best system of faith in the 
systems of faith. We're not attempting to be of greater character than most of the people we know. That is not what this is about. This is about being imitators of God. It's about following after and pursuing something that will always exceed our grasp. That's the best kind of challenge. That, that in fact, our call is not to be better than someone else or something else or some other system. Our call is to be imitators of God, to follow after, to be holy as He is holy, to be a source of grace and goodness, a fragrant offering. We're supposed to have a a sort of atmosphere around us that encourages this sort of winsome moment in our story, in our lives, in the relationships in which we share. And maybe this is the moment when we say, what did the doctor say? He said, you're not going to make it. Because so often we, <clears throat> we hear the challenge, we understand the challenge. It's just that we're not sure we want to sacrifice what it would take to fulfill the challenge. So number one, he says, you are to follow God's example and imitate God. Number two, he says, you are to pursue purity. Paul lists three places for this purity, in our sexuality, and then he says, in any kind of impurity, and then he says, in any kind of greed. I think we grow weary of hearing these sort of old admonitions. We've heard them all before. We've been over them and over them. But I think Paul has something very specific in mind that he's talking about. Sexual immorality and impurity and greed are imposters. I I think that's the whole point. They are counterfeit attempts to meet legitimate needs. They're not admonitions to present us from joy. They're not things that we're told to keep us from the celebration of life or from human connection at its deepest levels. But instead, what Paul has in mind is that we're called to experiencing, experience them in their intended context and with all of the complex layers that they involve. Sexuality is not a transaction. <clears throat> uh, it's intended to be the culmination of multiple layers of humanity being brought together in ultimate expressions of intimacy. It's mental It's spiritual, it's relational. All of its layers are supposed to be melded together into the complexity of what human connection is all about. When we exercise sexual impurity, we remove those layers. We we rush to the end, and then we don't understand as a culture why that expectation, why the hope of it all is not met, why we're disappointed in the outcome. Paul suggests we are robbing ourselves of God's intended purposes, of His intention to love and connect in beauty and grace and strength. In similar fashion, when he talks about impurity, he's talking about how it contaminates human relationships. Whether it's dishonesty or meanness or selfishness, we are robbing each other of true connection. And what it really means to be in relationship in a healthy and meaningful way. In the same way, greed is a shortcut to wealth without the cost of stewardship. When we attain wealth in ways that are 
uh, greedy, then we are damaging others. We're damaging the world. We're damaging the culture. And so he says, how do you meet the challenge? You seek purity. You seek purity at all of these levels of life because they're significant and they matter. The third thing he highlights is we should speak well. I'm always amazed that into these lists he talks about words. And there's not a single time in the New Testament where we don't find these things grouped together. So that the message is that the words we choose and the way we speak can be as damaging to human love and connection and intimacy as any of the other vices of life. And some of us, particularly in this culture, we start to believe that those vices of impurity and sexual immorality and those things, those are the big things and the words don't matter as much. But these are always listed together. We are to speak well. We are to pray that the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts are pleasing to God. What would that look like? What would that look like in the context of these current challenges in which we are living? I think this is the moment when we ask, what did the doctor say? doctor said, you're not going to make it. It's not that we don't understand the challenge. It's not that we don't get it. It's that we start to turn off. We start to squirm a little. We we start to say, ah, oh, that's just an unrealistic challenge. But the challenge of how we navigate these current waters is that we follow. We take up the cross, we deny ourselves, and we follow Him. Because if we save our life, we'll lose it. If we lose our life, we'll find it. And I don't think it's adequate to apply that to some ultimate sense of judgment. I think if we do not practice these things, we will lose the joy of life, the joy of connection, of what it means to be truly alive and truly in relationship. If we choose selfishness over sacrifice, we won't understand what it means to love and be loved, to know and be known. We'll understand instead loneliness and disconnection. Number four, he says, live wise. Some things work better than other things. If you've been around a while, you know this. The idea that there are new things coming that might be better is true. But there are also some things we know to be better than others. Most of us know that. It's harder to explain why we do some of the things that make life harder instead of some of the things that make life easier. Tony Campolo says, the greatest evidence that Satan is alive and well is that we know things to do that would make our lives and relationships better, but we refuse to do them. And I don't know about you, but that would be the very heart of wisdom, wouldn't it? That we know there are some things we could do, we could sacrifice, we could let go of, we could not say, we could say instead but we refuse to say them, we refuse to do them, so that Jesus boils it down in a really simple manner. He simply says, follow me. Just follow me. Just do what I do. Just say what I say. Just think what I think. I'm going to get a drink. Much better. Just follow me. 
day by day, minute by minute, choice by choice, make the most of every opportunity. Paul spells it out, that, that specifically, to exercise your Christ-like behavior. Sometimes we're tempted to go, well, I see it and I understand it, but I don't know that I want to do it. <clears throat> Number five, and the last one is we kind of draw to a conclusion, make music. He says, don't be drunk on wine that leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks. I, I just would wrap this thing up by saying this. Listen, every single life has a soundtrack. What is the soundtrack of your life? I'm not asking you what you think it ought to be. I'm asking you what you think it is. I, I, I mean, there's what goes on in our heads, and then there's what is actually being heard and listened to by the people around us. That's why Jesus constantly comes back to fruit. He constantly comes back to fruit. He's constantly talking about the result, not what you think it is, but what it actually is. Would your soundtrack sound more like a tragedy, a comedy, a medical drama, a country western song? What would your soundtrack sound like? And what he suggests that it should sound like is psalms and hymns and words of thanksgiving. I know this is so easy right now to say, the doctor said you're not going to make it. It's so easy to say, I, I see and understand. I, I hear what the challenge is, but I'm just not willing to do what it would take to get through it in a way that would re lead to the outcome that I really want. But listen, this is a challenge. It's a genuine challenge. And I really believe this. I, it doesn't matter what the challenge is. You and I, we're going we're gonna to get through this. This situation will pass. There's going to be a time in a very few short weeks or months that we're right back in this room or at Pasadena or in our churches around the country, whatever, around the world. And then there'll be other challenges, different ones than this. But the scripture suggests this idea. As you meet this one challenge of who we're supposed to be in Jesus Christ, as we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these other things will be taken care of. It isn't all that complicated. I, I, I don't know how you navigate uncharted waters, except you do the one thing that you and I are called to do, and that is follow Him, follow Him. To be imitators of God, to seek purity, to speak well, to genuinely, as we walk in this place, to be wise. And to let the soundtrack of our life be one of praise and thanksgiving. Listen, it matters. I don't know why exactly it matters. I, I can't solve all the issues involved in that, but I believe it. I believe that it matters, that as we seek to do these things, to meet the challenge of being the people God has called us to be, that all these other challenges fall into line. And they just become another piece, another chapter in our lives 
that are leading us constantly into a place of grace and fulfillment and peace. What are you tuned into? Let's pray. God, we invite you to search our hearts as we attempt and we think through what it means for us to meet the challenges of our time, of our day, of a pandemic around the world. We're not taking any of it lightly. We want to do our very best to be the very best citizens we can be, to, very, to be the very best people we can be. But mostly we want to be the very best followers of Jesus Christ we could be. And if perhaps in the midst of all the chaos and all the questions, we boiled it all back down into this simple challenge, follow me. Do what I do, talk like I talk, walk where I walk. Follow God's example. Be the source of grace and light, purity, good words, wisdom, and music that is pleasing to God and pleasing to the people around us. Lord, as we conclude this service together, as we conclude these thoughts together, we pray that around of our various homes and families, wherever we may be, that you would hear our hearts, our response. Don't let these moments pass without each of us bowing our heads, committing some new things, surrendering, confessing, inviting your forgiveness, and seeking how we may listen better, follow better, be obedient to you. I pray your grace and blessing over every home, every family, every situation, every circumstance. Please be at work. Heal our homes, our families, our country, our world. We place it all in your hands. Now hear our response. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, amen. Thanks for joining us at the Montrose Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.montrosechurch.org. Have a great day.